A date which will live in infamy. Both of those projects, initiatives, got off the ground because of the Gare out of the 24 who were killed were Americans who had come to learn in Kevin. I say one million Jewish children who were made to be cut in Whoever heard such beautiful words, It is never too little, it is never too late, and it is never enough. Jewish History Soundbites, bringing alive the world of our glorious past. Here is our host, live from Jerusalem, Jewish historian and tour guide, Yehuda Geberer. Welcome, everyone, to Jewish History Soundbites. This is Yehuda Geber with another episode of Jewish History Soundbites. And, um, you know, Jewish History Soundbites, as its uh, name implies, is about history, not current events, and never would delve into current events. Um, Usually I'm not good at it also. I don't know really what's going on. I usually know much better... Uh, what happened 50 years ago and what happened this morning in the world. But being that there's these very, very historic events happening around us in the Jewish world, specifically with the events in in Ger, what seems to be what people are calling the first ever split in the history of the Ger Hasidus. So that's a historic event. And although I would definitely want to distance myself from discussing the current ramifications, where you have Reb Shol Alter, who's the son of the Rebbe the Pnei Menachem and the former Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva Sfas Emes, the flagship uh, Gary Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, former flagship uh, Gary Yeshiva in Yerushalayim, is, uh, seems to be dissenting and uh, forming his own group, small, maybe big, it's still unclear, events are actually... Uh, developing as we speak. And again, I'm not a reporter or a journalist, so I'm not coming to report on current events. Uh, from the mainstream Gera Hasidus, which is led by Rav Yaakov Aryeh Alter, the current Gera Rebbe, who is the son of the Lev Simcha. The Lev Simcha, Rav Simcha Bunim Alter, and the Pnei Menachem, or Pinchas Menachem Alter, were sons of the old Gera Rebbe, the Emre Emes, who was the famous uh, leader of Polish Jewry before the war, and who died in 1948. So they were brothers, and uh, Pnei Menachem was a younger brother from a second marriage, he was a half-brother, essentially. And and uh, the Ger Rebbe currently is the son of the Lev Simcha, who is the older brother, and there seems to be, again, disputes about policy, about leadership, about different uh, internal Ger uh, issues, which I don't want to get into at this point. And um, and there seems to be a very significant event unfolding, so I wanted to give it some historical context. Again, 
I'm not into modern day politics, Hasidish politics, or any other politics. I'm not talking about current events. It's a big disclaimer. Please don't uh, misunderstand it, and also please don't bother me about the current events. I'm just here to give a nice historical perspective. So it reminds me of a few years ago, actually, his younger brother of Abshal Alter, interestingly enough. I was in Beit Shemesh, and it was, it was during the summer months, and Daniel Alter, who's, a, I believe, a younger brother of Abshal Alter, he came to Beit Shemesh, and he spoke at the shul where I was at. He's an interesting speaker. It was very nice. And he was surrounded by his sons, and there was a few Gerach Hasidim from the neighborhood who was around, and he left the shul and was walking through the streets. And you know how the Gerachs, especially the the elite, uh, carry themselves when they walk with a certain aristocracy, with the sputtock tilted in the perfect way, and their hands folded behind their backs. And they walk, and they look like soldiers, and it looked royal. And me, being that I study Polish Hasidus quite extensively and research it and talk about it, I'm there in Ger and in Warsaw with groups all the time, trying to describe it and make it alive in the with a vision of what Nalevki Street in Warsaw must have looked like on a Friday night when the Gerish Stiebluch finished davening and thousands of them flooded the streets of Warsaw and Lodz and other places and when Polish Jewry was in all its glory. So it was just like a scene to see that you don't really see every day in Beit Shemesh. So I, was, I went upstairs to my house and I pulled together my little kids and I went out to the porch where they were walking and I said to my little kids, I said, look down there. You see those spudiks? You see those Gerach Hasidim walking together? If you see that, you look at that, look at the way they walk, look at the way they carry themselves. Take a glimpse of what Polish Jewry, the glory, the beauty of Polish Jewry used to look like. I remember that uh, being a very, uh, a very significant thing because it's something that we lost and it's something that we don't have even a taste for uh, to a certain extent. But that was the, the aristocracy and the majesty of Poland. The Imre Emes was uh, nicknamed in the Polish press the King of the Jews. And uh, Ger played a very central role in Polish Hasidus. They obviously were not exclusive ones. There's many, many other branches of Polish Hasidus. Most of them came from the Pshyschakotsk house of Polish Hasidus. And I want to go back a little bit to discuss about what does it mean a split within the Hasidus, and did it ever happen before, and what, why did it, did it or didn't it happen. So let's start really from the beginning. The first thing that happens is we go way back to the beginning of the 19th century, the beginning of the 1800s. We're in the court of the Chayza of Lublin, and one of his prime students, Hasidim, is a, a very charismatic and brilliant individual, named Rabbi Yaakov Yitzchak um, of Pshischa, and he has the same name as the Chayza, the Chayza is also Rabbi Yaakov Yitzchak, and the, the nickname, which I'm not going to get into why he's called that, because it's a whole story also, and there's about six or seven different versions why, but he's nicknamed the Yid HaKadosh, the Holy Jew, and he leaves the Chayza's Chatzar, the Chayza's court at some point, the Yid HaKadosh, and he starts the dynasty of Pshischa, which was a new uh, way of Hasidus, it was a new derech, and that's the, he becomes the father of Pshischa Hasidus, which is, becomes the dominant 
um, of Polish Hasidus and all of its derivatives and dynasties and almost everything that we recognize from Polish Hasidus comes in some way, shape, or form up until the war, and most of them were wiped out from uh, Pshitzcha. So the Yiddish, you know, much is made in in, uh, in Hasidic historiography, and especially um, was the the general world was influenced in this respect by Martin Buber, who wrote a whole book about this, about the fact that the Yiddish of Pshitzcha left the Chayze, he left, and it was a split, he split off from the Chayze, and he left Lublin, and it was a dramatic leaving and a dramatic split, and that was what was believed for a long time. Um, again, like I said, um, a lot because of Buber also. And in recent years, recent research, Dr. Real Gelman just devoted about half a book to this topic, uh, excellent job, and uh, it seems that it wasn't as dramatic as it was, and it was really a reaction later on in history when the real big split happened between Kotsk and Izhbitz, which we'll get to in a couple of minutes, that they retroactively uh, said that uh, the the original split of Pshischa from the Chayz of Lublin was in a similar dramatic uh, fashion. But it really, it, pro- it probably wasn't. It wasn't as dramatic as people made it out to be. He definitely left. He definitely started his own court but there does not seem to have been much drama involved. So now there's Pshischa that left the Chayza. That's the first split. And when he dies in the year uh, 1812, uh, a couple of years later, he's succeeded by his prime Talmud, Reb Simcha Pshischa, who was appointed by the Hasidim. He was a pharmacist, uh, and uh, he was made into the Rebbe. They appointed him. They wanted him. He was the prime Talmud, the prime Chassid of the Yid HaKadosh, Reb Simcha Pshischa, becomes the Rebbe, the leader of Pshischa, the leader of the Pshischa Hasidim. As it happens, though, and it's also not as well known, but 14 years later, Rabbi Rachmiel, who is the son of the Yid HaKadosh, opens up a rival Chatzar, a rival Hasidic court in Pshischa. And his claim is that he's the son of the Yid HaKadosh. He waited 14 years. He did not do it right away and his and he wasn't ready, he didn't want to, they pressured him, blah, 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 whatever it was. But Rebbe Achmiel has a Pshischa court, which is much, much smaller, but it's there, and it exists, and they coexist together. So there you have it, another small split in, kind of a split, in Pshischa. Okay, we move on. 1827, we're moving along in history, we're marching. You know, the Polish Hasidim, Pshischa Kutz, they were into marches also, the style of singing in Geratil today. So we're marching through history as well. In 1827 is the death of Reb Simcha Bunim of Pshischa. Now who's going to continue? All right. Well, the prime Talmud of, again, we're mainly talking about students, one of the other, much less about the sons. Um, and the prime student of the Reb Simcha Bunim is the Kotzker, Benachem Mendel Morgenstern, the famous Kotzker Rebbe, who's, who's a very, very famous personality, a lot to say about him. And most follow him. The Chidush Harim leads the way, actually, who was later to found the dynasty of Ger, um, Reb Itchemeyer Alter, Reb Itchemeyer Alter, Reb Itchemeyer Alter, he follows the Kotzker, he said, he saw the light in Tamashov, which is where the Kutzker lived before he moved to Kutsk, and he followed that light. However, even though most of the Hasidim of Pshischa went to Tamashov and later to Kutsk, the Val of the Kutsker, 
but it, there was a split there as well. So there is another split here in Pshischa. Um, others, including kind of Rabbi Yitzchak of Varka, who was the other prime Talmud and very close friend of the Katsker and the Chidushi Arim, Rabbi Yitzchak of Varka, and others follow the son of Rabbi Simcha ben Rabshischa, not the student, the son of Rabbi Ramayisha, who was young, and Rabbi Ramayisha, the son of Rabbi Simcha ben becomes a little bit of a rebbe. He dies two years later. He dies quite young, and Rabbi Yitzchak of Varka becomes the rebbe of that faction, and Rabbi Yitzchak of Varka starts a whole other branch of Pshischa Chasidus, which later gives birth to Amshanov and Alexander and Strikov and Skernovich and other great Hasidusin and great dynasties of Polish Hasidus that all come from Varka, including Varka itself, which continued pretty much until the war. And that comes from Rebitzak of Varka, who was following after Rebbe of Avram, Maisha, the son of Rebbe even though the overwhelming majority following the Chidush Harim went to Kutsk, went to the Kutsker. So there you have another small split in the Pshischa Kutsk world. However, the most dramatic split is yet to come. The most dramatic split comes in 1839. And this is at the peak of the Kutsk drama. And uh, a few things happen, and there's all kinds of versions how it happened and when it happened. There's what's referred to in the history of Hasidus as Yenelel Shabbos, that Lel Shabbos, where something dramatic happened and there's all kinds of versions. What happened on that Lel Shabbos in Kutsk? with the Kutzker, and that probably should be devoted an episode to itself, if ever. And, uh, you know, they say, in the, Pol- the Polish Hasidim used to say, Der was weisnischt, und der was weist zaknischt. The ones who know, don't say, and the ones who say, don't know. So if I start to say, then obviously it means that I don't know, so I don't know uh, how appropriate it would be to say. But maybe we'll get to it another time. But there's a breakdown in Kutsk. Uh, the Kutsker goes through something. And uh, at some point, uh, one of the closest students of the Kutsker, the one who ran the base Medrash, the one who was the one who gave the Shi'urim, the one who was uh, always with the Kutsker and close with him, was uh, along with the Chidushi Harim himself. But there was another one who his name was Reb Mordechai Yosef Liner, who founded the dynasty of Ishbitz. And as a result of the the of what happened in Kutsk, this this, uh, this dramatic uh, um, breakdown of the Kutsk, whatever happened, and the, you know the the uh, the the Ishbitzer felt that he had to leave. And one of the versions of the story is is that it took place on some Chastaira, what we just experienced, and the Ishbitzer in Kutsk makes a separate hakafis for some Chastaira, and. I don't know, if you follow the news and you read what's going on over there in Garen now, with the Shalalta and everything, it can't be he did it by accident. I mean, he probably knows a little bit of history of Garen and Kutsk and Pshischa and Ishbitz and all that. And it's 180 years to the day that the Ishbitzer leaves Kutsk in this dramatic fashion by making his own separate Hakafis minion for Simchas Torah, which is exactly what Rav Shalalta did in Ger the other day. It's not exactly 180 years to the day from 1839, because in Poland they have two days Yantif, whereas in Yerushalayim they have one day Yantif. So it's one day off. So it's not exactly 180 years to the day. I heard so other people saying that it's 180 years to the exact day. So if you want to be really exact, it's one day off. But that's okay. So he, he makes these separate akafis. That's his 
declaration that the Ishbitzer is leaving Kutsk. The Chidusharim stays with the Kutsker through and through, even during the next 20 years. When the Kutzker is in seclusion, the Chidushi Harim doesn't leave. He writes a letter uh, against those who left, and it's very uncharacteristic. The Chidushi Harim was usually mild-mannered, and here he was very sharp in this letter. We're staying together. The Kutzker hasn't changed. Nothing happened. He denies all the, the rumors, and the Chidushi Harim stays with Kutzk until the end. The Ishbitz broke off Akafas and Simchas Taira in 1839. There's this very dramatic split a lot of animosity, a lot of bad blood between the camp of Ishbitz and the camp of Kutsk and later Ger. That's what takes place then. Now before we even get to the death of the Kutsker, but in 1854, Rabot Yosef Liner of Ishbitz dies and there's a slit in Ishbitz. The son of the Ishbitzer, the next Liner, founds the Radzin dynasty, which continues Ishbitz, but he has a student, Rebleibel Eger, and of course Rebzadik of Lublin, who both found the Lublin Hasidus, which is a continuation of Ishbitz. So here again, you have a split. It wasn't a bad split at all. It was a very clean split, um, but it was a split. So the split existed uh, there as well. However, a few years later, in 1859, the Kutzker, Rabbi Mendel, the great Rebbe of Kutzk, after 20 years of isolation, he passes on. And again, the mantle continues in Kutzk with his son, Reb David, his son-in-law, the Avne Nezer found Sochachov. So you have his son who stays in Kutsk. His son-in-law found Sochachov. But neither of those get the majority of the Hasidim. The majority of the Hasidim go with the Chidushi Harim to Ger. And he essentially continues Kutsk to a certain extent, which is very interesting. Um, here you have this split with the Kutsker. And again, it doesn't seem to have been a with any animosity. The Kutsk Hasidim, the Sochachov Hasidim, and the Ger Hasidim did get along. But now is the official founding of Ger. This is the real beginning of the Ger dynasty. In 1859, the Chedushi Harim, Rabbi Alter, in the town of Gora Kalavria, outside of Warsaw, and he founds the dynasty of Ger. Well, there's not a direct continuation there either, because in 1866, a mere seven years later, when the Chedushi Harim passes on, the, his grandson, right, his children had all died in his lifetime, spoke with about that another time, uh, his grandson, the Svasemis, is very young, and they leave Ger, and they go, including the Svasemis himself, they go to Alexander, where it's not the Alexander Rebbe, that's a different dynasty, but there's Reb Chanech Henech Levin of Alexander, who was a senior Talmud of Pshischa and Kotsk, and he was the oldest one living, a very special man, and they go to him for four years, and it's only in 1870, a few years later, when the Svas Emes is 23, which we discussed recently in another podcast, um, that the Svas Emes becomes the Rebbe. So now he solidifies and builds up the Gerer world, and the Gerer grows, and it becomes huge, and it becomes a real dynasty under the 35 years of the Svas Emes. And then when the Svas Emes dies in 1905, it goes directly to his oldest son. And there's no question of leadership at all. This goes straight to his son. He gets support from the senior uh, Kutsk uh, Rebbe at the time, who's, his, who's the Avne Nezer of Sochachov, the son-in-law of the Kutsk. He was already an older man in 1905. He passes on in 1910. Only five years later, he receives public support from the Avne Nezer, the Imre Emes, or Rav Mordechai Alter, the oldest son of the Svas Emes. His brothers and brothers-in-law, all completely support him. None of them open a rival court. None of them open another branch of the Hasidus. 
which also was not uh, so common, but it happened. They all completely supported, especially his brother-in-law, um, Reb Chanech Henech Levin, who was the grandson of the previously mentioned uh, Levin. Um, sorry, sorry, not Reb Chanech Henech Levin, grandson of Reb Chanech Henech Levin, excuse me. Uh, the Bendin Rav, he later became the Rav in Bendin, but he was in Ger in the beginning, and he's his brother-in-law, he's the son of Lewis Vasemes, and of course, the famous younger brother of Reb Avram Mordechai Alter the Ger Rebbe, Reb Moshe Betzal, who was his brother's right-hand man, and he stays in Ger, lives in Ger, till the very end, um, his his uh, son even marries his brother's daughter, one of those uh, family shiduchim there. Um, so then what happens is, in the interwar period, Ger becomes huge, Ger becomes the empire, Ger becomes the leaders of Polish Jewry, the Ger Rebbe, with all the support he has, and again, his entire family is on board, um, his brothers and brothers-in-law are in positions in Ger, in, Ra- in the rabbinate, in yeshivas, in and around the air, the central areas of Poland, and Ger solidifies as a major player in the Polish-Jewish Hasidic world in the interwar period. Now what happens is, is that during the war, uh, Ger is wiped out. The Hasidim are all killed in Treblinka. Most of the Ger Rebbe's family, his brothers, brothers-in-law, sons, daughters, including the great Reb Meishe Betzal, his younger brother, who... The Ger Rebbe, the Imre Emes, of Romer had written in his will that his brother, Reb Meisha Betzal, was going to become the next Rebbe. Now everyone assumes that automatically the son inherits the father to become the Rebbe. Here we have an instance where Reb Meisha Betzal Alter, the younger brother of the Imre Emes, was supposed to become the Rebbe. It was written into his will. And only after he heard that Reb Meisha Betzal was killed in Treblinka in the gas chambers, then the Ger Rebbe, who was by then in Eretz Yisrael after he had escaped, he only then changed his will and made his oldest surviving son, Rabbi Yisrael Alter, the Beis Yisrael, he made him the Ger Rebbe. So that's an interesting sidebar there, that Ramesh Betzal was supposed to become it, that he was a brother, not a son. The rest of the Ger Rebbe's family, most of them are killed. His son, the old, his oldest son, Rabbi Meir Alter, uh, the Bechoyer, the oldest son of the Gareb, is killed in Treblinka. His son-in-law is killed in a bombing. His son-in-law was the son of Rabbi Shabbat that I mentioned, Rabbi Shemayar Alter. He's killed in a bombing. He's buried in the Warsaw Jewish Cemetery. We go to his kever sometimes outside um, near a lot of the Rebbes are buried. And as you see on it, that he's the son of Rabbi Shabbat Shlita and son-in-law of the Gareb Shlita. He's killed in the bombing of uh, Warsaw in the beginning of the war. So the Ger Rebbe who escapes, he escapes with very little of his family. He escapes with Rabbi Yisrael Alter, who's his oldest surviving son. His Another son of his, the Rabbi Simcha Bunim Alter, the, Leib, the future Leiv Simcha, um, was already living in Eretz Yisrael with his family, his son, his two daughters, one of whom died in his lifetime. Um, he was a businessman living in Eretz Yisrael. He was actually visiting his father when the war broke out, so he did escape with him, but he did not need one of the visas, as he had already been living in Eretz Yisrael. The Imre Emes, the Ger Rebbe, had married a second time, and he had a Ben Zekunim, a young son from the second marriage, who was a half-brother to his older brothers, the Beis Yisrael, the Lev Simcha. And this young son was Pinchas Menachem, and he had his Bar Mitzvah in Warsaw shortly before the war broke out. I heard from elderly Hasidim, 
that the last great event of Ger, of Polish Jewry, of the Hasidus of Poland before the war, the last great event was the Bar Mitzvah of the Pnei Menachem. It was a major event, thousands of Hasidim attended, it was reported in the newspapers, and it was shortly before the war. And this young Pinchas Menachem, who had just been Bar Mitzvah, accompanies his father when they escaped there. It's also a couple of his sons-in-law, Shemar Levin, Shlom Yeskovich, Rizek Fischel Heine, Heine family, or Label Heine, who is his son. His, Reb Label Heine's daughter is actually a, the famous uh, historian, Rebetzin Esther Farbstein. And in any event, in 1948, when the Ger Rebbe, the Imre Emes, who had been the Rebbe for 43 years, passes on, his oldest surviving son, Rabbi Yisrael Alter, becomes the Ger Rebbe, the Beis Yisrael, and remains so until his death in 1977. His wife and child had been killed, they had been left behind, they weren't able to get out, and they were killed, he remarried, but did not have children. So in 1977, when he dies, he has a situation here, where there's no direct continuation of the Gera dynasty. He has no children, and most of the other siblings had been killed. Well, Reb Simcha Bunim Alter, the Leib Simcha, who, like I said, had been living in Eretz Yisrael before the war. He was a businessman. He lived in France after the war, in real estate, and he had moved back to Eretz Yisrael shortly before his brother died. He was definitely a candidate. He was a tremendous uh, Talmud Chacham and... And, uh, and, uh, you know, he was the son of the Gerarebbe. He becomes, and it's pretty natural that he should become the next Gerarebbe. He lived quite long. When he died in 1992, he was quite old. And the question when he died was who would become the Rebbe. And naturally, it would seem to be his son, who is the current Rebbe, Rabbi Yaakov Arye Alter. Um, as it happens, there was another someone who was alive who was the youngest brother, the half-brother of the Lev Simcha, Rav Pinchas Menachem Alter, who in the meantime, was a big Talmud Chacham, was the Rosh Yeshiva of the flagship Yeshiva of Ger in Yerushalayim, the Sfas Emes Yeshiva, very popular, very, uh, um, you know, charismatic. And the Rav Pinchas Menachem, the Pnei Menachem, he's also a candidate. And somehow, in 1992, and the question is, should it go to the Lev Simcha's son, or should it go to the Lev Simcha's younger half-brother? It ended up going, and that's also a question of dispute, which I don't want to get into, of how it ended up going, but it went to Rav Pinchas Menachem, with there was some sort of gentleman's agreement that it would revert back to the Lev Simcha's son, Rav Yaakov Aryeh Alter, with the passing of the Pnei Menachem. Now, interestingly enough, we said his bar mitzvah, the Pnei Menachem's bar mitzvah was in Warsaw right before the war. If the Pnei Menachem was alive today, he'd be 92, 93. We've had Rebbe's live till 92, 93. It's not unheard of. And if that would happen, that he would still be alive or at least lived longer, it's doubtful whether all these events that we're witnessing now would have taken place. But as fate had it, the Pnei Menachem did not live very long, and he was Rebbe for less than four years. So the story was still fresh. And in 1996... When the Pnei Menachem passed on, I recall his Levaya, there was a live hookup in the Gerish Stiebel in Saddle River Road in Muncie, where I was living at the time. And um, then it seemed that here, now it was only it's less than four years later, it could revert back now to the family of the Lev Simcha and the children of the Pnei Menachem, which was Shol Alter as the oldest, um, 
seemed at the time to have accepted that. And that seems to be the dispute right now. So we have a very interesting situation where there was, there was splits in the Pshischakatsk world in the early period of time. Once the Ger Empire and dynasty solidified, those disputes within Ger seemed to have disappeared. There was very strong leadership. Um, there was a lot of involvement of the family of brothers, brothers-in-law. There was even a possibility at one point of a brother taking over. But this does truly seem to be the first time that within Ger itself, there is active descent. So let's see how it turns out. So, um, and of course, the difference is what's going to be in our trips. Are we going to still get into the base medrash in Ger? We have to get permission for usually uh, from Ger here. And uh, is it going to make a difference in uh, how we tell the story there? So join us on one of our next trips and we'll see how that goes in Warsaw and in Ger and in those areas. This is Yehuda Geber with Jewish History Soundbites. You can reach me at ygebss at gmail.com for questions, comments, sources, and trips, not only to Ger, but to explore any area and aspect of our past. Uh, you could subscribe now to Jewish History Soundbites on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, don't miss an episode. You can follow us on Twitter at jsoundbites, and I hope you enjoyed.